friends, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. I mean, we're, yeah. we're doing this for the music community. Right. If we wanted to do something that made a lot of money, we'd have uh, the Real Estate Festival, the Plastic Surgeon Festival. We'd be doing things that right. can, we can monetize, but yeah. uh, we love music. Historically, that's been one of the, one of the most important things that the weekly supports, and so mm -hmm. we we invest time and money into something because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Information on upcoming events and more about all of our sponsors here at the Fort Worth Roots can be found at the end of the episode. This episode, we would like to spotlight Hauk Walker Originals. HaukWalker.com is where you can find these folks. They offer a huge variety of unique and professionalized gifts. Also laser engraving to customize just about anything you can think of. Again, more information on our sponsors and events that we got coming up at the end of the show. Today's episode is extremely exciting for me because it's with another uh, very influential person inside the creative environment here in Fort Worth, Texas. And today we're going to talk a lot about the Fort Worth Weekly, which you can find at fwweekly.com. You can also get them on Instagram and YouTube as Fort Worth Weekly. And on TikTok, even there's a Fort underscore Worth underscore Weekly uh, and you can see some of these awesome videos that they're doing with local businesses around Fort Worth and just kind of highlighting what's going on in the area. But be careful. When I was looking them up on TikTok, there are already uh, fake Fort Worth Weekly uh, TikTok accounts. So it's Fort underscore Worth underscore Weekly on, uh, on TikTok. Fort Worth Weekly on the other two, Instagram and YouTube. And of course, the website again is Fort Worth excuse me, fwweekly.com, and this will be in the show notes. Our guest is an award-winning staff writer for the Fort Worth Weekly. He's also an educator and a huge advocate for the Fort Worth artistic community. Please give it up for our new friend, Mr. Edward Brown, and let's start the show. Well, man, thank you so much for reaching out to me. This was uh, it's very you, flattering, somebody in your position to contact a lowly podcaster like myself. And Oh, I reached uh, out for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate mm -hmm. it. And I I, uh, I heard your episode on the uh, the Funky Panther and uh, really enjoyed that and uh, learned a little bit about what was going into that, um, what goes into what you do on a daily basis. But I'd like to cover mm -hmm. a little bit more of that today. And mm -hmm, cool. you, you had said that you wanted to start off by talking about what the weekly does yeah i'd like to just describe the weekly uh we're a part of a family of uh print publications uh known as alternative news media so we're, we're all members of um the association for alternative news media and we're loosely called um alt weeklies okay. and you may be familiar with the dallas observer mm -hmm. um yeah. austin chronicle uh, same family of um uh, magazines I, I think actually it's a better term so um, all kind of a family of publications it is. yeah and that, that does not mean that they're owned by the same person in fact we're independently owned um, okay. we're owned by uh, lee newquist um, so it's it's kind of a rarity in the media world to have a completely independently owned uh especially in the for-profit um you know sector to have an independently owned newspaper and we are uh, independently owned um but all weeklies if i can just describe them simply uh they're, they're free publications uh print oh. publications um so you see the red bins uh, mm -hmm. or the racks inside a restaurant or a coffee shop or a liquor store, a or, central market. Or at Pouring Glory. 
Pouring glory. Yeah, it's a great spot. Um, and we're free because we're paid by uh, advertisers, right? It's a different model right. than this, uh, the Star Telegram, which is also paid by advertisers, but they also rely on subscription. It's like $16 a month. Yeah, if you want to have it you know, sent to your house or if online. I do uh, the online subscription. I think they just debited my account this morning. Yeah. Um, so our, models, um, our model is different. So we're, we're free. Um, we cover all weeklies across the country, uh, tend to focus on um, arts, entertainments, and news, right? right. So whereas uh, the Star Telegram focuses on news, um, less so, unfortunately, like a lot of papers, um, arts coverage, you uh-huh. know, because for that's you know it's a whole different conversation. But we we do try to cover the local art scene, culture, right? Uh, photographers, podcasts, would fall under would f- fall under 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 culture as well, um, and news, and so. If you um, if you grab a copy of the weekly at uh, the beginning, you'll see uh, kind of the news section. We generally, have a, we'll have a cover story, which is long form uh, journalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it'll take you uh, 10, 15 minutes to read the story. But we, whenever we dig into something, we dig into it um, very deeply. And so you don't find a whole lot of long form uh, journalism these days. Uh, Four thousand word count, um, and, and we do that pretty much every week. Yeah, um, is that because there's just not a desire for it? People are less likely to read long format these days. Um, it's always been an all weekly thing. Okay. And um, it's always been something that all weekly specialized in. Daily papers have always kind of done shorter news stories. So mm-hmm. that's been true for for decades. And um, you're right, a lot of people, you know, in today's world, you don't have the bandwidth to sit down and you know, read long form journalism. But for those who do, and I would say, if that story really mattered to you, um, you want the whole. Reading. You want yeah. you want an all the all that context matters. You mm-hmm. know, when you're trying to dig into a subject, especially one that really captures your attention. Or people might dig back ten years from now um, doing research and they'll rely on our long form story because we did a lot of work, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's also a historical oh, yeah. uh, document that people can go back and, yeah. and see what was going on at that time period. Well, you'll see I've got newspapers here in the studio mm-hmm. on the wall there. Um, like you said, it's historical. It marks a moment in time uh, and you can frame it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Or you and, can file it away. Excuse me. And, and the daily papers are called uh, the papers of record for a city. So mm-hmm. their, their job really is to document history. And people can go back and catalog that. Um, all weeklies, um, we have um, an editorial section, and that's uh, editorials for folks who don't know. Uh, it's basically an, an opinion-based uh, article by the editorial board, and so you'll see that under static. And uh, that's uh, our the uh, editorial board is myself and Anthony Mariani, our editor. And our editorials tend to be left-leaning, so you know people get when they read our editorials, they you know like, wow, oh, how could they say that? Well, you know, all weeklies generally when they write editorials, that's where you'll see the the the, the political uh, progressiveness to it. Um, but on our main, on our metros and our cover stories, that's more in line with what you find with daily papers, where you wouldn't know you. There's nothing politicized about it. Right. So, yeah. And I know that the the listeners of this show would really appreciate your uh, your short interviews that you do with business owners. Mm. Uh, that I catch all the time. You did one just recently with Joe Tacky, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a great little interview. I, I told you last night, yeah. and complimented you about how uh, you you managed Joe well because <laughs> okay. Joe likes steered to go him. all over the place. I steered him. You know, he did a great. He was a great interviewee. Yeah. Um, we we started doing more video content, and I just feel like in today's world, um, you guys do the same thing. I think mm-hmm. video content is just Got important. Yeah, yeah, you have to have some kind of video content. So, uh, we are uh, a print publication foremost, but we have our website. Uh, we have our Instagram uh, page mm-hmm. at um, FW Weekly, which has uh, around forty thousand followers. Wow. And we release. Uh, Twice a week, we release uh, very short video interviews. Uh, Thanks for mentioning that. And then we release that on Instagram. That's on our YouTube channel. We just started a TikTok channel 
you know, see how yeah. that goes. And we always release the content on our blog. Yeah, I don't understand TikTok. TikTok's yet. a wave of the yeah, future. I guess yeah. so, but I feel like I'm missing that boat. <laughs> but I, I really like those videos because it, it, it engages the community, yeah. connects people with what's going on in the city, and there's no political slant to it whatsoever. Correct. So yeah, the Fort Worth yeah, Roots yeah, listeners yeah, would really yeah, yeah. enjoy that, I'm sure. Yeah. Thank uh, I, you. I wanted to ask you about Lee. You just mentioned him. He's the owner of the mm-hmm. Fort Worth Weekly. Is he a local? He, you know, he, his history, no, he's not from here, but he's lived here. I know his son grew up he lives here. here, but he's, he That's lives here and he's been here for a couple decades. Yeah. I do know um, they use his family, uh, him and his brother used to work at um, the New Times in Phoenix, which is, a, which is an alt weekly. I, I mm-hmm. think they owned it. At one point they owned the Dallas Observer, which is interesting. Oh, really? They okay. sold it. And then, so I guess he was in Dallas at that time, but he's been in Fort for a long time. I think he's from the midwest if i had a guess yeah. you know. well i'm i'm from uh, yeah. originally when i was a little kid we were from midland texas and i just kind of migrated this way and mm-hmm. so i've been here for uh coming up on 14 years right mm-hmm. I, I think there's something to be said about people that weren't just born here yeah we myself included we went through the process of finding fort worth yeah and we loved it so much we Correct. never left yeah <laughs> so we found it and um i'm sure you have too you know i've, I've traveled across the country mm-hmm. so when i say that fort worth is the greatest city in the country it's not from lack of having explored right. texas i mean i've been to all the major cities i love new york city i love mm-hmm. california uh, but when I come back home, there, there is something unique about here. Yeah. And I, when I'm gone for a week, I'm excited to come back to Fort yeah. Worth, I think. Yeah, I people. agree with you. And we talk about that on this show quite a bit mm-hmm. because, yeah, I've traveled the country. I've been out of the country. And uh, Fort Worth is definitely home. It's got yeah. an intangible quality about it mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of hard to describe to it an outsider. It is hard to describe. And yeah. people, you know, I think the closest thing is it's the, the biggest small town in yeah. the country. Right. And you run into people at the growth, like I grew up in a suburbs. So I know what it means. It's not, a, it wasn't a small town, but I grew up in a suburb. I know what it means to run into people in the grocery store because the proximity. Mm-hmm. And I had that experience in Fort Worth, but we're a large city, but yeah. it's just, you, you know, you, you go into a store and you see your friends and it's just, it's, it reminds me of like the town I grew up in. Yeah. You know? And where was this? Louisville. Louisville? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Louisville, Texas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And where is that? Mm. Just Northeast, uh, in between North and in between Fort and Dallas, oh, but that's North. Right. Louisville. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you said Louisville, I started thinking Kentucky. People think so Louisville to... very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so forgot about old Louisville up mm-hmm. there. Still there. So we, we jumped right into it, but I was mm-hmm. going to start off by asking you about your week. Like, what have you been up to? We had a snow week where we, uh, or ice week, where yeah. we got locked in, and, and now everybody's trying to get the ball rolling again. It's it's only Tuesday now while we're recording, but... Yeah, I was you... able to... Yeah, it was interesting. We were all kind of forced indoors for, for four days. I, yeah. you know, twice, I live within walking distance to Central Market, um, but it's still a good walk. It's probably a mile, but it was nice... Oh, well you know to just walk out there get some groceries and 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 walk back so i you know i got outside listened to uh a a podcast and Mm -hmm. did that and caught up on some just stuff random stuff i had to do errands um i do some content writing um for uh visit fort worth so i got some projects done you know when i'm when you're self-employed you you can't just not work you you gotta be (laughs) well and i made the comment uh when when all the ice was happening that um i really enjoy it when the city just slams shut like Hmm. that because you know you've you've got a bunch of hats that you wear as well i'm sure you probably Mm -hmm. feel a little bit of relief whenever you can't do anything like you you don't have a choice you got to stay and Mm -hmm. and get caught up on some back Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. you know it's Mm -hmm. nice i enjoy it (laughs) yeah it was uh it was nice i think i watched the few movies and yeah it didn't over anything notable didn't, didn't over stress it um 
I am a big fan of, I think a lot of people are watching on HBO, The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wish I didn't have to wait a week for each episode. I know. But they're just amazing. They're like, each episode is yeah. so unique uh, and, and well done. I found out yesterday that they don't release it here in our uh, time zone until 8 o'clock. I didn't know, know oh, that even they were Sunday? doing that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I assumed it was like twelve oh one in the in the morning. Nope. They don't. So do I I logged in at like five o'clock uh, on Sunday to watch it, yeah. and it wasn't ready yet. Yeah. I mean, so. naturally. So usually when they say they release it on Sunday, you, you could. Some people would stay up till midnight, you know, just to watch. Sometimes I'm half tempted to like yeah. I'm just gonna cross over the threshold. <laughs> To just watch. so I can get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like waiting either. I, I appreciate whenever a series is actually, you know, four or five seasons in, and I can just binge like crazy. It's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, it seems to be a trend now that they're making you wait. Or right? I'm noticing yeah. more and more um, House of the Dragon, um, the Lord of the Ring, the new one. I've, they've, they've been releasing them one at a week. I yeah. think they're, they're trying to discourage people from binging them, I, I'm assuming. Or? Well, I, I mean, it kind of makes sense to me. You know, you're engaging an audience and keeping their attention for a longer period of time. Yeah. You know, four episodes on uh, The Last of Us, I could binge that in mm-hmm. four hours. Mm-hmm. Or they could keep my attention for a month. They must have a so. reason for wanting to stretch it out. I mean, that's the way it used yeah. to be. Um, and like, you know, in the 90s, you know, I was talking to a friend, we were joking about before streaming, you know, mm-hmm. kids can go back and watch something they missed. You know, when we were kids, Saturday morning, Not an missed, option. missed an episode, like, you literally <laughs> never saw it again. Right. X- X-Men, you know, I remember being so mad if I missed an episode because like, there's no way for me to see it. Like, yeah. I just will, maybe next year they might rerun it. Yeah. I, I might have to catch it, but. It, just on a lucky draw too. Yeah. And, and I still would, I wouldn't know if it was coming back. Because <laughs> the television guide was X-Men. And the time. Yeah. It didn't say which episode. Oh, that's true, too. So yeah, you yeah, had no idea what you were getting. Remember that, yeah. See, I remember running home, you know, trying to get that, yeah. you know, that episode in. Because so. they would do, like, episode release weekly or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then if they were going to do reruns, it was just, you got what you got. You didn't know what was coming. It was kind of haphazard, wasn't yeah. it? And yeah. And then when TiVo came out, mm-hmm. I think, was that the first one? But now you could record shows yeah. and save them for later. Yeah. And that was the first time that that was ever an option. Yeah. So, yeah, streaming, we're, streaming we're, is... We're old. Yeah, we're dating ourselves. I was <laughs> talking to my girlfriend the other night, and the uh, family that we were having dinner with, uh, their daughter, I think she's 14 or 15, and she was talking about something to do with age. And mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of leaned over the table and was like, we're older than the internet. Mm-hmm. And then I looked it up and I showed it to her, like, 1983. That's and when she, the internet was officially, like... she comprehend that? Yeah, and I am a year older than that, so yeah. that tells you a thing. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, you could see the look on her face, like, how's that possible? You know, it's yeah. like telling somebody that you you lived on the planet before we had a moon. I mean, you know? it, was a, it, was a fun, it was a fun time to grow up, though. I remember going to the store and buying eight megs of RAM and installing it so I could play that video game and yeah. then, you know, then it requires 16 megs like okay go back to the store I'm gonna keep upgrading right. it's like you know I mean, you had to really work to play those video games yeah. you know yeah yeah. and then whenever the internet was starting to kind of get legs under it um, mm-hmm. you know the AOL disc era oh, it, it would take you know it'd take 15 minutes to open up your email yeah if yeah. you had an email looking back <laughs> the chat rooms AOL chat rooms were so fun but like you didn't know who you were talking to no it was all trolls and they said the creepy. most evil things yeah. and you're a little kid looking back like man man, my parents shouldn't let me in those chat rooms <laughs> trolls have been around since the <laughs> they, dawn of the internet they apparently yeah. were just waiting for that opportunity yeah trolls have been around forever and they got a fun outlet with those AOL chat rooms so you mentioned Visit Fort Worth a minute ago. So you you do a little bit of writing for Visit Fort Worth? Is that what you said? Yeah, I'm the music and nightlife uh, blogger. Okay. 
So, Very cool. Um, there's an event coming up uh, February 17th, and they invited the Fort Worth Roots podcast uh, to join the Jerry Jonestown Massacre mm-hmm. uh, podcast, and we're going to be there at the... Uh, the morning uh, breakfast? Well, I think we're going to be there all day. Oh, okay. I, I need they're to have, look they back. Have their, annual, their annual breakfast, I think, is coming mm-hmm. up and sold out. So you know Sydney works with Visit Fort Worth? Ah uh, no, it's no, well. It's so I'll, I'll have team. to go back and yeah, look at yeah, the email, yeah, yeah. but I think we're supposed to be there all day. Wow, interesting. Okay, so uh, yeah, I don't. I think this might be the first time they've done. They're this expanding with podcasters. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty so. early. If it's the breakfast events, I remember having a hard time waking up early enough for for some of those. Yeah, I remember being half awake. Are you going to this one? If they sold out. Oh, okay. So, yeah, good for them. But yeah, <laughs> so no weekly coverage there. Fort Worth no, Weekly won't be there. No. Okay. No, yeah. And they were going to make you, They're even fun. though you write for them, they were going to make you buy a ticket. Okay, so they used, I think they used to give us, they used to give the bloggers tickets, and uh, then we got a discount. And this time, I didn't. So I'm not trying to poo-poo anyone, but we got, we got we got no perks. And uh, sometimes there are some really fun perks. I'll call you know call up and say, hey, can I get in this event? Yeah. And sometimes they they try to help me when they can. But yeah. I'll bet you know it's such a it is such an important event by this point. Every ticket matters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think several years ago when they would let us in, you know, for free or for a discount, I mean, not, not that it wasn't important, but it's become a, it is the city's uh, state of the union address, yeah. right? You have the mayor speaking, you have big, you know, guests that they've paid a lot of money for. It's a big thing for the economy. Um, so I'm sure every <sighs> ticket, you know, is, is important. My palms are starting to sweat. I didn't know it was that big of it a is. deal. Whenever they invited me, I was like, yeah, cool. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. And then like little by little, I'm finding Anyone out. Anyone is anyone's going to be. This it's is kind a big of a, thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a red carpet event for uh, the city of Fort Worth. Oh, so. so I should wear something a little more. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> Some buttons on <laughs> it. I might kick you out. I'll think you're, I'll think you're a bum. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. We're not giving anything away today. Yeah. Nah. Okay. Dress it up. What's the difference between uh, visit Fort Worth and visit DFT? Those are are those intertwined? You know what? I used to write for Visit DFW. I think they've gone. I don't think they're still around. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So um, I can explain that. Uh, Visit DFW. Um, I used to work for McKinsey, and she was uh, she used to work write for. Uh, sorry, she was a social media director for Visit for Worth, and then she oversaw uh, Visit DFW. Uh-huh. And I was doing blogs for them too. And basically, all the cities in North Texas were kind of pitching in a little bit of money to promote. Uh, Visit DFW. And what Visit DFW had in common with Visit Fort Worth, and most big cities have a uh, convention visitors bureau is what what it basically is. And they they tend to rebrand to Visit Dallas. It's Uh easier. It's to draw in tourists. Right. right? And it's it's a huge boon uh, for, you know, tourism economy is, is big. That's what floats our hotels. Yeah. It's such a vital part of any city's economy if they take it seriously that they really need full-time staff to um, you know let the country and the world know what do we have to offer. So I'm right. sure you've you've seen those ads, you know, they're everywhere visit Wisconsin and you yeah. know or on the radio. I mean, they're they're trying to get us to to visit them and and Fort Visit Fort Worth has done an, an incredible job um, you know, kind of rebranding Fort Worth it used to be the city of cowboys and culture mm-hmm. and now it's the modern west you know what I mean yeah. so it's a little less hokey Shifted a bit. Yeah. I can say a little bit more contemporary they've done a really good job of you know and, and you know we're both creative so we, we, we both love plugging creatives you know a couple years ago they did a study and they asked people you know what do you really when you want to go visit a city what are you looking for right younger people especially say culture coffee uh, nightlife, mm-hmm. uh, singer songwriters, um, art scene, right? You Young just, people you just described Fort Worth. So what Visit Fort Worth realizes 
after they got the poll back in uh-huh. the marketing, you know, research is, man, we need to really promote uh, our creative things. class. Yeah. And you saw maybe starting five years ago, and they still do this. They do, again, they do a really good job because I get assigned to profile this musician and this musician, especially, you know, persons of color, uh, historically underrepresented, you know, in those kind of sure. marketing projects. Um, you saw a, a real effort to highlight uh, local culture. I think you probably noticed that too. Oh yeah. So, but that's what people want when they want to visit. <clears throat> they want, they do want to visit a, a city that has a, a vibrant cultural life, which is a great vindication for you know um, our fellow creatives. You know, yeah. they make Fort Worth livable and also visitable. This place, Fort Worth, <clears throat> is going to turn into kind of what Austin was 15, 20 years ago because. Mm-hmm this has become kind of an oasis for musicians. And I think after 2020, everybody's going to start these stories of how we took care of our musicians in this community is going to get out to the world and people Mm -hmm. are going to want to do their art uh, here in Fort Worth because we do take care of our musicians as a community. The culture, and we're both pretty plugged in, you know, um, the musicians, what they say, what they say to you is, you know, especially if they're from the outside is it's a very um, collaborative, friendly, non-competitive environment. So when Mm -hmm. you come in, even if you're an outsider, you know, their fellow musicians are saying, hey, you know, let's collab, let's, you can open up for my act. They feel very welcome and that's a very nurturing environment. Who knows, maybe in 20 years it'll be catty, right? And who knows, but hopefully it never changes, but right now it's a very, it is very welcoming and the artist uh, community is the same way too, I can say. It, it, it trickles back. Uh, it, it starts at the ownership uh, level or what, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but our, our business owners mm-hmm. are the ones that are making this a great place for musicians. People like Tim Love, and mm-hmm. I've, I've, since I did the interview with Tim Love, I didn't know that he had so many people that had so many stories about him. But okay, there's, there's there's quite a few people out there that told me, you know, oh, I'm not going to listen to that because you know, Tim Love. I'm thinking, you know, um, listen to the episode. You should. Mm-hmm. You should find out I a little know. bit about this a, guy. I'll make a point. Um, but people like him have, have made it a point to have live music at their venues all the time. Mm-hmm. And say whatever you will about those businesses, but because of his actions – those people are able to have full-time gigs. Mm-hmm. They have some stability there, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're able to count on places like that. And there's other business owners all over Fort Worth that are doing that. I'm just saying Tim mm-hmm. Love because mm-hmm. I've interviewed him, and I know he has a bunch of well, venues around here There's in Tanna Hills. Yeah, right now. and um, even though that one's kind of geared towards national acts mm-hmm. he has still done a good job of bringing in local yeah when i'm there uh, there's artists singer songwriters uh, in the restaurant portion mm-hmm. and then big acts and, yeah. and next door it's a por- uh, second rodeo mm-hmm. uh, jason basso he books- no, that's not a tim love place is it no okay. no he owns jason basso uh owns um second rodeo right um uh, but they book three bands a day throughout the year that's wild um, and he told me, I'm pretty sure he said um, four hundred thousand dollar budget a year. So you talk about for that one location, correct? So you, yeah, you talk about the the, no the positive role business owners can have in supporting the music community. I mean, he mm-hmm. he's allocated almost half a million dollars a year um, to yeah. live music. He loves it. He loves outlaw country. He loves Texas roots music genuinely. And they have other locations though, right? And they're one in Dallas. He's it's not a second rodeo, but it's owned by the same people. So he's the guy behind Twisted Root, and I believe he has sold. I think he's out of that venture. So okay. He's and, oh now we'll he does have a new location in North Fort Worth uh, the truck yard 
Okay. So that's, yeah. that's probably I mean, that's what, what I'm thinking. That's of. what you're thinking of. Yeah, because there are multiple locations of the truck yard. And he's involved. I haven't been up there yet, but I'm going to go up there and the check it out. The truck yard's got like a dog park and mm-hmm. food trucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, from the photos, it looks like. I haven't so. seen it either. But yeah, it, there's so much happening. It's impossible to keep up. I'm always amazed whenever somebody, and I'll ask you at the end of the, towards the end of the episode, like favorite food places and stuff. But mm. I'll have people on the show and we'll start talking about food places here in Fort Worth. And I'm always amazed at oh, I didn't, I've never heard of that place. And they're like ranting and raving about how good it is. And mm. I'm thinking, how have I not, because I ask this question all the time, how could I have possibly missed it? But mm. there are so many places in Fort Worth, excellent uh, music venues, bars, uh, restaurants, all these awesome places that you could make a full-time job out of mm-hmm. just trying to keep up with that. Correct. <laughs> no, we couldn't. I mean, we run one, eats article a week and we're probably falling behind there's just so many things opening up so yeah Yeah. especially like the magnolia hospital district i don't don't know what you would call that but uh i think at one point right before covid hit they were targeted to have 40 Mm. additional restaurants opening in that little area within the next year okay and i heard that right before covid so i don't know how many of those actually slow down a little bit but still there's a lot yeah, that's a hot spot. I went off on a tangent. I'm not so sure. We're hungry, I guess. <laughs> Let's just go Did you pause. have breakfast this morning? Pause the episode and go get some food. Come back. Have you not eaten yet? Uh, I had a very small breakfast. But okay. Yeah, I'm enjoying talking about food for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that's probably why. we'll just we'll skip to that part of the the episode. Then what what uh, what do you think you're going to have for lunch uh, after you get out of here? Oh wow! So I, um, I do love um, the near South Side mm-hmm. for, for food. Um, and let's see it. So I, I reviewed this week. I have a review out. Um, it's a vegan place um, called It's Food. That's literally the name of the food truck. It's right next to um, Fort Liquor and okay. Sitka Glass Studio. So it used to That's be Magnolia, Chimera, yeah, right? West Magnolia Avenue. It's a little. It's a little food truck. Um, I'm not. A, I'm not a vegan, but mm-hmm. it, the food is amazing. So yeah. I mean, it is all. It is. It is plant based vegan. So do you, do you like Spiral? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's another good one too. Okay. So because that's the only vegan place I've been to, and I think it's it's all vegan, right? Spiral doesn't have any kind of. It is. It is authentically yeah. vegan. Yeah, you won't find any any cheese in There's there. There's some strange stuff in there, but it's all good. It is all good. You read it on the menu, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. can't work. Yeah, I encourage folks <laughs> to check out this um, this a food truck. You know, because yeah. I, I think I was really blown away by the the burgers, uh, Beyond Meat burgers uh-huh. or tofu. They have a really nice thick um, fried patty of tofu so and, and they have a permanent location in a food truck I think right they're there pretty much yeah i think they're pretty much parked there are they associated with any of those I don't surrounding think so. I think, it's, I think it's independently owned okay yeah yeah how it's does that food. work you just get a permit to post up so. on the street yeah i'm sure yeah there's some kind of permitting okay. thing yeah yeah, yeah so. i don't want to ever have a food truck it, it seems like it'd be way too hot it is a tiny space. Yeah. I mean, or it can be a tiny space, depending on. Well, imagine August at an event. Yeah, I don't care oh, if you got yeah. six You're, ACs in there. You're going to be burning up in I front of that they, grill because and there, there's a heat. Yeah, there's a heat source. <laughs> yeah. so you, what are you going to do? I mean, you're sending no. Um, oh, another. Um, sorry, um, another my pop favorite burger place, uh, Gusto. Sorry, Gusto Burger. I don't know if you ever had that. It's a smash cool. burger. And um, they, had, I don't know where he's going to move. So he used to be behind Hotel Dreis. Okay. Uh, but Smash Burger concept, real simple. Uh, pickles, a kind of a, a light cream sauce. Um, 
Real, uh, onions, cheese. It's a gourmet real, burger. Real, yeah, real yeah. minimalist. It doesn't have like – actually, I like the approach that it doesn't have a lot of lettuce. and t- It doesn't have lettuce or tomatoes yeah. at all. It's yeah. just so it's savory. Yeah. Um, but he – yeah, Gusto Burger is, is pretty okay. amazing. And where did you say it's at? He's – I think looking for. I think right now he's moving around because I've noticed his his food trucks moving mm-hmm. around. So yeah. he used to be parked every day behind Hotel Dreiss, and I'm sure he'll eventually find a spot. So yeah, yeah that's another good one. So food trucks okay. are kind of a fun I'll one. To, have to hunt that yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that they're as popular as they were. I'm, there's certainly a market for it because every time an event goes off, four or five food trucks need to be there, right? I think it's yeah, and I think it's a tough business. Well, we had yeah. we had that little uh, right there by Old South Pancake House. There was a there was a, a food truck there was, there. I remember, and it never really took off. I yeah, don't think. I mean, they built out like a, a big old gazebo looking thing that. with a yeah, bar yeah, yeah, and yeah, everything. Used to go. Did you got to go there? And, yeah, I, used to, okay. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I think I actually went out on a deployment. I, mm-hmm. I was gone for a while, and then I came back, and I'm like, oh shit, it's gone. It's some concepts that do really well in other cities for mm-hmm. some reason don't do well in Fort Worth. I bet if they tried it now, Maybe. it would work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start doing some live music there. Yeah, yeah. I think of like so. the food court at uh, West Seventh that went out of business, and that oh, concept, is it not there anymore? Yeah, uh, oh. correct. Yeah, it closed la- last year, or two years ago. Okay, but that, that concept does really well. Like, there's one in Plano, Frisco. Mm-hmm. That's that's packed, you know. And I just don't understand. Like, just, I went there three or four times, and. Um, I can't say that about most of the places that closed down over there on 7th Street, but that was a mm-hmm. good little spot. I mean, mm-hmm. you could take your family, go in there, and if you didn't they, want what they, they were having, they 10 could... different directions. <laughs> you can grab what, yeah, whatever you want. It's a safe safe bet any day of the exactly. week. Exactly. Yeah, it's so. a good concept, but, it, you know, it's gone right now. Probably the rent was too damn high because well, the, the yeah. menus, um, what they were charging for what they were making in that place, I can kind of see why it went out of business because it's kind of catering towards... I feel like a younger crowd, but the prices reflected an older budget. You know mm. what I mean? Like it just, I don't know. It didn't seem to line up right. Cause you'd see uh, people in their twenties, early thirties there and mm-hmm. they'd have their laptops out and they're working on their laptops and mm-hmm. hanging out. And I think it was so, geared for younger people, but they, yeah. may not, they may not have had the money to eat there every day. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, you're definitely $12 bo- little bowl. on the low end. But it was right? good. I mean, it was really good. Good food, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, real quick, I, I talked to the owner um, when it when it closed, uh-huh. and he the big thing he mentioned was uh, he was disappointed in the lack of foot traffic from the area because when he went there, you know, his understanding was we got these apartments that really are booked, you know, ninety five percent occupancy, you know, West Seventh, all these you know apartments that are there, and he thought, um, I guess it was maybe sold to him when he rented the space out that these people will come eat there, yeah, and it just never happened. And he he mentioned though even Uber. Uh, Jack in the box, you know, it's like it's from there to the building across the street. People drive across the city to Uber food to them rather than walking downstairs. And yeah, he, I remember he was just he just was confused by it's like there's a disconnect, yeah. you know, in that model. But yeah, and and honestly, that street right there, it dead ends into a boulevard. Like nobody is crossing the street right there. So there's if no foot traffic that would just happen to walk by there. Yeah, and right? the, whatever restaurant that is on the other end of that street, that same block, it has closed down and reopened two or three Tona times. Tona used to be. Yeah, that's I mean, the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have closed and opened yeah. two or three different businesses. Uh, yeah, right there's there. a new one right now I haven't even been to. Correct. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, a tough yeah. spot. Also, probably high rent. Oh, yeah. 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 So <laughs> there's several businesses that, you know, mm-hmm. flash in the pan right down there. But as long as Kung Fu Saloon hangs on, I'll okay. still have a reason to go down there. Well, um, the West Seventh area is, uh, you know, in, in wrapping it up. It's it's heading <laughs> the right direction. I would say there's a, there's a lot of new developments. 
um, it has historically had too high bar density, right? It's yeah. just if you look at the the ten year history of this place, it started off as one concept, and then just a bunch of bars open. Uh, you had you know problems with that, obviously, you know even crime related kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, you're seeing new developments come in, and uh, they've closed uh, Landmark. Even it's gone. All, yeah, so that's it's that's going to be a you know um, office space slash restaurant slash. Um, you know, rent um, hotel. It's going to be this really nice complex. But yeah. what's important about that is that it's cutting down on the the bar density and yeah. diversifying it. Uh, get more retail in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know it's going to help the restaurants that are there do better during the day when you have office people working who need to go eat. Yeah. Um, and you'll, you'll see more of a balance to the development there. You're probably right. That probably is better for that community. I had a uh, apartment down there right across from Rodeo Goat, and we'd lived there for just under a year, and it was madness. I mean, every morning, beer bottles all over the street, mm-hmm. uh, trash everywhere. And uh, then, of course, you know about all the crime stuff that's happened over the last 12 to 18 months. It's been really bad. It has there. been. It's got, a, unfortunately, a bad reputation that's kind of hard to shake <laughs> once you once you have that. Yeah. But. Um, so we've already covered visit Fort Worth, visit DFW, your involvement with them. Mm-hmm. Um, now you have two positions. You're a writer. You you uh, you blog. You write for Fort Worth, uh, visit Fort Worth, and uh, the Weekly. Um, but you're also an educator. Mm-hmm. Now uh, we talked briefly about that last night. But uh, are you? good talking about that oh yeah sure no, no problem so i mean <laughs> i didn't know if i was getting a oh, look no, there no, no, no. Oh, i apologize i guess i wasn't sure um, no, it's, no, it's no secret my background is in music i have a uh, music degree uh, from unt um and so that's that's i grew up my parents are piano teachers okay uh, professional musicians. my stepmother was yeah. a piano instructor okay cool we got yeah. in common yeah. um and so i when i graduated from college i moved to fort worth specifically um you know, to, to teach piano mm-hmm. and so I, I i still do that and, and i enjoy that oh, really and okay. um you know so um, that my evenings are usually out driving around, you know, teaching kiddos yeah. and in the mornings and early afternoons, I'll, you know, do the, the writing stuff that I'm, that I love as okay. well. Okay. So. Okay. Well, we're thinking about getting an upright in here. Okay. So have something for you to <laughs> I'll show come, off I'll on. Come by. Yeah. <laughs> Entertain y'all. Um, we got to get this out of the way because the Jerry Jonestown massacre just, you know, has been very, uh, negative and they've been harassing you guys about the, uh, um, they came to our music awards. That's, show, that's which we appreciate. Yeah, and yeah. the uh, the nomination process or, mm-hmm. or what what do we call that? I know there's the best of, and then we do it for the musicians as well, but that's separate. Yeah. So what happened was, and I I, I know I can describe it because I'm I'm there, but I wasn't in charge of it. Um, historic. We've changed the model for nominating bands uh-huh. and. Um, I think it's important to say that you know for two years we were shut down because of COVID, so we right. couldn't do the music awards. Um, but we brought it back this year, and uh, what the, the team decided, well, you know, it wasn't my decision. I wasn't uh, again, I wasn't directly involved in this. But what they decided was, well, during our our best ofs, which is different than our music awards. You know, these are our two big events. That right. We, our, our best of is they seem like they kind of operate tandem, but they're separate. Yeah. Well, they they. More tandem this year. So, you know, what they decided was, well, while we have um, this this ballot out for the best of us, which is a huge, reaches a lot of people, right? Um, it's an online ballot and, and, a, and a paper ballot uh, traditionally. They just added in um, your opportunity to nominate um, the bands. Yeah. And historically, actually, I like this way better because historically what would happen was um, our old um, associate editor, uh, Eric Griffey, would get together with... Um, 
venue owners, um, you know, people who are involved in the music scene, you know, maybe several of them, mm-hmm. and they would put together the list of kind um, of form a panel. They would have a panel, yeah. and they would, you know choose which you know bands they nominated and then people would vote on that yeah and i i think there was a lot of um that part was a little um not very transparent i mean for better or worse also you know, sounds like a lot of work it's a lot of work and i you know the process now i think is more transparent it's purely it's you know it's pure based on your 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 followership you know the vote the voters are are deciding and they decide you know who's going to uh, run in that genre mm-hmm. and then you have you know from that list you get your, your finalists and then with it from those finalists um, they vote again and you pick the winner you know yeah. but it's all it's all the people's the people's choice so it really if anybody was upset with the way it was conducted this year the onus is on the people that were making the categories right if they're upset about who actually <laughs> voted well or I, won, I think the majority mm-hmm. of the conversation that i've heard has been focused on the categories, mm-hmm. how they were structured, and how I guess in previous years there've been a lot more categories. Mm-hmm. But as you're describing it, it makes perfect sense. You had people that knew music, understood the uh, culture of it, and they formed the categories. Versus this past year, which was the community deciding what I categories. I think that's always going to be a sticking point because uh, e- even the panelists would sometimes put musicians in certain categories that they would they don't think that feel they belong right, in. So, right. And that's probably still an issue too. Um, it might expand. We might expand the categories next year, right? Yeah. So this is literally the first time we're coming back out After of the two-year lockdown, yeah. um, you know, with these categories. And again, I wasn't in charge of deciding, you know, what the categories were. You know, if you follow our best ofs, that's smaller than it was before COVID. You know, mm-hmm. we used, I think maybe it was like twice the number of categories we had was twice as big. It's it's gotten smaller, yeah. and part of that's just due to the the smaller team at the weekly, you mm-hmm. know, and just for economic reasons, you know, right. you know what we can you know, put together and, and logistically you know, work on. But, yeah. you know, I think, uh, you know, another uh, critique that I heard, you know, which is very fair was that, you know, the award ceremony wasn't uh, announced very early. Or, and I, I know from talking to some musicians, um, they wish they had known about it um, beforehand so they can invite their friends and family. And so that's, that's definitely a fair, you know, a fair critique. And I think next year when we have, you know, time to look, Forward, instead of just trying to get this done, uh, we can announce things ahead of time so folks can come to the uh, the, the performances and then yeah. the, the award ceremony, uh, yeah, which did, is separate. It did kind of sneak up on me too, and I just figured that was yeah. due to my own ignorance. But I was out of town, so it didn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. We do our best. I mean, it, we we put a lot of print space into promoting the events, mm-hmm. uh, did video content. It was on our websites. I mean, you know. Yeah. We did, but I think we could have done it earlier. But maybe next well, year we'll like get a chance said, to fix you all know, that. Two-year break. Everybody was affected by COVID. You guys are getting the wheels rolling again, and mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're working with a smaller staff. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think people were just ready for what they'd expect. They they had expectations based on what it, it happened is not going to come. It is not going to be like the past. Yeah, yeah. we we um, our staff used to be um, thirty people. It's ten. Um, oh, wow. So, you know, we can't have 20 venues. Like we used to, you know, rent, you know, not rent up, but used to, we used to, the festival used to be like, you know, all the West 7th, um, the cultural district area. And uh, anyway, like you would have like 15 bars with, you yeah. know, I remember going to those events and helping, you know, but that's, 
that's realistically not going to happen again because we just don't have the, the manpower to do that yeah, anymore. So yeah. makes perfect sense. And if yeah. anybody's ever put on something like that, and I've, I've helped with very small events mm-hmm. and it will consume three, four months of my time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of coordinating. Mm-hmm. It's, and it might, I want to say it might grow next year. I'm definitely not saying that it's never, it'll, it'll probably never return to that huge 15 venue festival, you know, that we used to have during the summers. It was, I bet you pull yeah, it off yeah, one yeah. day. <laughs> I got faith. Anything in could it. happen. Well, anything could happen. Um, so I'm not a musician, so I'm not going to speak intelligently on this. But uh, Dustin Snyder and Stubbs, if they wanted to have you on the show, you think you'd you'd guest on the Jerry Jonestown Massacre and talk to him about it? Uh, to talk to them about the the weekly and the uh, the the award ceremony and all that. Uh, yeah, I would not go on there if they're just going to bombard me with <laughs> baseless accusations. And I've, I've heard the recent episodes, and it didn't bode well with, with me. Yeah, so. I know. I love those guys, and they uh, they they don't pull any punches. But I have heard them say positive things about the weekend. Sure. And I know that they do appreciate everything that you guys do. They spotlight the community, and I'm, I'm all for anyone who does that. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys um, at the Weekly, um, you're putting out a free publication. Yeah. You're putting on events for the city you're yeah. connecting our community and you're not charging anybody so yeah and the music awards, so how, yeah. you complain about a free meal it's, it's all yeah. for free um <laughs> it's all given for free and i can say you know that the musical word stuff um it's not something that we make a dime on right, right. i mean we're, yeah. we're doing this for the music community right. if we wanted to do something that made a lot of money we'd have uh the real estate festival the plastic surgeon festival we'd be doing things that right. can, we can monetize but yeah. uh, we love music historically that's been one of, the, one of the most important things that the weekly supports and so mm-hmm. we we invest time and money into something because it's the right thing to do yeah yeah i'm sure that is uh I mean, that would bother me to no end. Uh, people uh, getting upset about the way things are being presented or put on or, or the content of the publication, um, you know, kind of uh, yeah, armchair quarterback. Is that what they call it? Yeah. And it, it, and it is, again, you know, one thing that uh, we make money, but it's it, not from, you know, reviewing bands like <laughs> right. or, or giving away panties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for what you do. Thank you to the weekly for what y'all Thanks do. Thanks to Anthony Mariani, Patrick Higgins, Juan Govia. Shout out to Lee. Lee, you know, <laughs> and you know, I'm not a music writer, but we have a great team of, uh, of music writers. Yeah. Steve Stewart, uh, who's been around longer than I have, and, you know, he is a performing uh, musician. So he, when he talks about bands, you know, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, that's so. important. You know, yeah. you get an idiot like me who knows nothing about music mm-hmm. talking about it and... Yeah. It's better whenever they know, <laughs> and you can tell too. I think it's. Yeah. I think it, it doesn't mean that someone who's not a musician can't do a good job, yeah. but it definitely lends credibility when you have someone 100%. who knows what it means to to live the gigging. scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to be out there performing. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Juan Govea uh-huh. too. That guy, he's hey, you know uh, he's been on the show. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, good yeah, dude. Yeah. Actually, we uh, we did the recording at his house. I don't think I had the studio quite this set mm. up yet. Like yeah. I said, it's not finished yet, but it was really not finished back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we love Juan. Uh, yeah. Great good photographer dude. as well. Oh, so. incredible. Yeah, and he's he's got a, an interesting eye. He'll he'll take pictures of stuff that when you see it, you're like, oh, that looks amazing. I never would have thought to take a picture of that, mm-hmm. but it looks great. So he's got a, a very interesting eye. Yeah. yeah. I think I've asked you all the really difficult questions. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so we talked about you as an educator. Um, okay, we talked about this last night. Um, 
you uh, kind of wanted to cover a typical work week uh, for a reporter like yourself. You know, we, we think of uh, kind of the cinematic version, maybe Peter Parker walking into the mm. uh, Daily Globe or hey, whatever Peter, that is. Go, yeah. go photograph yes. this. Where's Peter? <laughs> Parker, go do this. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's the Nailed image it. we have of a, a, a reporter uh, An like editor yourself. yelling at him, yeah. Yeah, the editor calling all the shots. But mm. you were explaining to me last night, that's not at all how it works. Yeah, this is a fun one to talk about because I do people I do run across this perception a lot that um, I'm told you know what to write about um, and it, sometimes you know I would say maybe ten percent of the time um, you know, my editor will you know have hey you know this is a really important thing we should cover it and you know of course I do it right um, but what we used to have and a lot of newsrooms have this are uh, pitching uh, episodes where they'll sit down. At a round table, just um, you and some of the other staff. Yeah, okay. and we we don't do this anymore because we, you know it's a smaller team after COVID. A lot of things changed, but we used to just have a meeting and each writer uh, pitches their story. I mean, mm-hmm. it's literally a pitch. So you're trying to convince the editor that you know what you found is worth publishing, right. and uh, he'll give a thumbs up or thumbs down or say, well, you know, hash that a little bit more, come back. Um, but quite often, if you did your research, you'd walk away with an assignment. Right. And we still do that, but now I do it by email. We're just kind of used to working remotely. So every couple of weeks, I'll email um, Anthony, and sometimes I'm, literally, I'm, I'm pitching him stories. Mm-hmm. And so he has to approve it. I, I cannot that's what makes him the editor. It's one of the most important positions of an editor is authorizing stories. Like he's the gatekeeper, right? He's going to make sure that whatever goes through is going to be, you know, authentic, whatever. And so I, yeah, my value at the weekly and, you know, I, I do some other writing within the weekly and do stuff for this forth, but really I'm a news reporter. Like Mm. that's what I do. That's what I'm known for. That's what I'm really good at. And I think one of my, um, one skill set that I bring is that I, I know the community. I have really good sources um, who will bring stuff to my attention, you know. Um, then you'll have kind of random people, you know, uh, reach out to you. You know, we can talk about that too. Yeah, sometimes, all, sometimes, they'll, sometimes they'll have good stories, <laughs> sometimes they don't. Um, but also, I'm just, I'm just following and I'm aware of what's going on. And then I'll just, you know, I'll send Anthony like four or five um, ideas. Okay. These are things that has never been, these are things that have not been published elsewhere, obviously, right? The whole point is to get something new out to the public right. that no one else, you know, that's that's the game that we, when we compete with the Star Telegram or the Fourth Report, we're all playing this game. We're, you know, we're trying to get the story out first, right? It's, it's, it's just kind of, uh, that's just how it works, obviously. Yeah. And so, yeah, so, um, so yeah, most news stories, I think it's the same for most newsrooms, you know, uh, the reporters, if they're, they really are the ones who are supposed to have the story ideas mm-hmm. and same's true for writers, you know, for magazines, even, you know, um, literary magazines, whatever, like, um, you'll, you'll pitch an idea to the editor and then they'll approve it. And if they approve it, you're guaranteed to get paid, you know, once you turn it in. Oh, so, nice. so that's how that initial process works. It's kind of a freelance thing. You're only getting paid if the story gets published that's true um yeah. but also even if you're on staff you're, you're still pitching the editor yeah you know yeah, same 100%. Idea. Mm-hmm. so good segue into into that next question uh how tired of you or how tired do you get of hey i've got this great story and uh, you got to listen to this and uh then tell me how quickly you can get this done like from from outside people not yeah, people not yeah, people yeah, in your correct. team no, not okay, the editor gotcha. yeah because you know we'll get um stuff on our inbox on instagram sometimes it's really good i mean mm-hmm. i have to say you know uh definitely appreciate uh <laughs> the random you know people who reach out to us sometimes they have incredible um scoops yeah and it leads to you know really good stories but you got to hear that five times a day right you're you're getting a coffee and somebody go oh there's eddie hey eddie you know. Sure. <laughs> a lot of times people <laughs> grab me and they'll say, hey, you should write about this. And um, it's, it's it's interesting how people don't always understand 
what is doable and even what is newsworthy. Right. So, um, so I'll give an example. Like I have a friend um, who's a doctor, and he's like, "You wouldn't believe, you know, what happens inside hospitals." And he's like, "If you really." They always say this if you really want a story. And what's funny is like anytime anyone has ever said, if you really want a story, they've never had something <laughs> that has remotely qualified as a news story. And, you know, for instance, the, this one doctor had all the right intentions, but he was describing like a systemic problem yeah. within hospitals that has been going on for decades, that right? That everybody knows about. That everyone knows about. Yeah. And it's probably been written about. And so that'd be like me trying to break a story on climate change, right? Yeah. I mean, so this, that's, that, that's one example. People see something that is upsetting. Um, and t- in their mind, they think, well, this needs to be reported on. Well, is it something that has been out there already? I mean, right. if it's, there's, re- there's a reason it's called news, right? Mm-hmm. And even if it's not uh, breaking news, there needs to be some kind of new angle, right? Otherwise, we're not doing our job. We're not historians. We're out there trying to you know, bring new information that has never been in the public's eye right. to the public. Um, a few other examples. Um, okay, so I got I to gotta, I gotta vent I get if you ever want to pitch a story to a reporter, don't start by asking if they still work at where they work at, right? I swear, <laughs> do you still have a job? I swear people the first thing they'll say is do you still work at the fourth weekly? And they're lucky if I don't ignore them. Um it's like asking, you know, like a really hardworking senior songwriter hey you still playing music like of course they are like that's their soul that's yeah. what they do i'm always going to be writing unless you know the weekly goes out of business i'm going to be working at the weekly i'm the only staff writer i publish two three times a week there mm-hmm. and so it's okay if you don't know but don't ask me to tell you that i still do the thing i love right yeah. don't make me the person who has to remind you about that um, it makes sense. That's, yeah, it's just yeah. it's in, it's insulting, <laughs> and you can look it up, right? It's also just kind of lazy. He literally yeah. could could look this up, but yeah. here's his Instagram. Yep, says so, it right there. I mean, yeah, still so with the I, and it's fine if you don't know, but look it up. Don't make me tell you that I still do the thing that matters to me the most in my life, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, I still do that. <laughs> um, and so I, I'll I'll give you a few examples of kind of bad story pitches, and it's all well intentioned. Sure, you know, sure. I, I, um, They're excited I, about something. They, they want to share it with you. They care enough, you know, to – and I appreciate that civic engagement. They mm-hmm. care enough that, um, that that they're wanting to share this information. But sometimes it's just not doable. And uh, one example was uh, this person that reached out about a murder of a – it happened on the border. I think it was in Shreveport, mm-hmm. just across the border. And it's a, it was a Fort Worth young woman. It's a really sad story. Yeah. You know, she went out for a honeymoon never came mm. back. Uh, but there are two problems with that story from my – vantage point as a news reporter even if i were to find that newsworthy a it happened on the border right like i'm not going to drive out there you know it's 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 just not logistically feasible it's a four-hour trip yeah and the guy who murdered her is indicted so it's not like he got away with it right now they were upset that this person wasn't in jail waiting his trial mm-hmm. which is its own issue and you know we can talk you know we and we have reported on that there's a lot of inconsistencies with you know who's in jail who gets out of jail it's not right. it's definitely not always fair right. but he was facing charges right yeah. i mean he, and he, he something will probably happen hopefully the district attorney does their job right so anyway just based on those two things like you know what can i bring to this you know that's you know that that's useful or even or even feasible mm-hmm. um there was another lady who reached out and sometimes there'll be these um like the cps had stolen her uh kidnapped her, her children trafficked her children and some of these things are just really what do you mean so like her kids are gone they've okay. taken the kids and they've they've kidnapped them cps has t- taken the kids and they're gone right 
And I would never rule out, I'm not going to ever rule out something even that extreme. I've, I've seen sure. worse stuff happen that when the, you know, that the government's been involved in, but how do I prove that? Right. So yeah. even, even basic stories with CPS can be like, as an example, can be really hard because they're not going to give information. Right. Yeah. <laughs> even if it were not something as extreme as that, uh, they don't hand over investigation reports. I mean, that's mm-hmm. super private, right? I mean, like, yeah. I have no yeah if, if I could access that I mean that you know there would be a, a huge conflict of of uh, a, a huge lack of credibility in the CBS's part for like giving me that information right. yeah. you know dad beat kid on this date like they don't just give the information <laughs> out they'll they'll hand it to a judge and the judge acts on it but they don't give and that's and that's the way it should be you know there's yeah. some stuff that's just super sensitive you know medical history stuff like that that we don't have access to so and even if so and then to prove that you know, this crime happened that I wasn't there. I'm just relying on this person's eyewitness account. There's no way to corroborate it. Yeah. So, um, so that's a non-starter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, the process that I go through. So, whenever someone reaches out to me, and uh, they have some, you know, they they want to describe something that happened. All right. First thing I'll do is, well, first, I, you know, the first thing I do is I just kind of hash over my head, you know, the, the newsworthiness of it. And right. then if it's interesting, um, you, I'll reach out to them, talk to them. You can get a pretty good sense of a person talking to them, right? I mean, yeah. you can get a pretty good sense. I have to always be careful about, you know, am I being used, right? Am I being used for this person to sway um, a, a court case? And another thing that happens is, you know, family court cases, they're in the middle of a divorce, um, you know, one parent will have you know accusations against the other parents, and if they were able to put a, hmm. a story that made oh yeah the yeah other yeah they're using they're using yeah they want to use me, and it may not even be that they're consciously thinking that, but they're so upset, and you know maybe there are these bogus allegations. Yeah. And on a personal note, you know I've been through family court stuff. I've had people make false accusations. My right. exes, yeah. I know what it's like. I would not want a reporter, you know, taking that woman's or male, whatever, you know, gender either way, story and using it against me. So right. I have to just look, you know, the question is, you know, are they using me? You know, I don't want to be ever be used, you know, for someone to right. you know, get revenge on someone. Anyway, so then, it, but if I don't have to worry about it, if it doesn't look like it's that kind of story, um, I'll, if I'll talk to them, I'll interview them. I'll, oh, sorry, I'll talk to my editor, get, you know, authorized to work on the story. And then I'll talk sure. to them. And then after, I'm always looking for inconsistencies, right? So, um, at the end of the day, my job, I, I need to make sure that this person is, as far as I can tell, uh, and there's a huge, you know, there's a lot that goes into that, that they're telling the truth. And so it, you talk to them a couple times, and if they're being very consistent and you get a good feel, the next thing I'll ask for, because a lot of stuff I deal with is criminal justice related, um, to back up everything with documents. And you know, back to the idea of like what's a credible story, what's or what's a provable story, and what's not. It's really hard to, to get into stories that are not. Uh, they can't corroborate through yeah. primary sources. But um, for instance, if if someone makes an accusation that they were jailed for this amount of time, was, they were wrongfully jailed, uh, X, Y, and Z. That stuff's all That's documented. Yeah. Correct. Absolutely, right. it is very public. And so, um, if if I ask for them to like, I'll make a list as I'm interviewing them. I'll have like ten things. I'm like, hey, can you provide one through ten? Right emails and if they can if they provide all 10 things quickly i feel pretty good at yeah. that point this is someone who's you know being very consistent mm-hmm. with what they're saying i can look at this and then i'll talk to other people and is that consistent with what they're saying by the time you get done with that process i feel comfortable uh moving forward with the with the story you know and but, you have to be careful with this because this is your credibility <laughs> you're you're putting your name next to their story mm-hmm. so 
you got to do you got to dot all your i's and cross all your t's and make yeah. sure that your credibility is not getting tarnished by somebody else's bs right correct make, they're not making up something or dragging you into yeah. uh, some some absolutely strange situation and you know as, as you know eric griffey you know would say any newspaper or maybe he just said the weekly you know we're one lawsuit away from being out of business that's probably true <laughs> of any news even fox news is being sued for a huge lawsuit no one's uh if you if you um, are guilty of um, libel, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can lo- you can go out of business. And libel is saying something that you cannot prove, right? They have to prove um, that it was done maliciously, maliciously yeah. and that basically we knowingly lied, right? So the way that we cover our duck, so to speak, is we have to do all the work so we can show that we you know talked X, Y, and Z, uh, we documented X, Y, and Z. Um, and even if that person on this one instance lied, um, it's you know it, it was done in the context of we vetted it very heavily, yeah. right? Yeah, we and, did our and so we did our homework. Yeah, and yeah. so you know every story I write, you know it's documented and it has to be to the level. Or if I need to explain to a judge my research, mm-hmm. um, I can do it. Yeah, and I can back it up. You know whatever. That's comforting <laughs> to know that the the libel thing. Uh, has to include malicious intent. I didn't know that, but that's that's yeah. That makes sense. Because mm-hmm. yeah, well, like, you're trying to damage somebody, so obviously yeah. you should be held liable for it. Correct. I mean, criminal justice system, uh, criminal intent, right? So you can do things. I mean, when, if it comes time to be on trial, they have to prove that you did it with criminal intent for mm-hmm. a lot of, not for every crime. You know, obviously, if you shoot someone, you, that's a right clear. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there are, there are there are certain things. You know, like the classified document thing they were seeing with these politicians, you know, did they do it intentionally? So these investigators right. that are being hired, you know, the justice department, they're looking at intent. Yeah. And so it's the same thing with publications, right? So as long as we are doing things with the right intent, with the public in mind, and we're being responsible, we're probably safe. You know, fortunately in this country, the first amendment, uh, there's a lot of case law backing up uh, publications. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, you know, lawsuits, that you know, sometimes lawsuits are done just to attack a newspaper yeah. because the politician's mad or someone got mad at them. They just want to sue yeah. them, but very rarely, if ever, do they do they win. Well, and that's another so uh, probably chief function of the editor, right? Making okay, sure so, that everything is. So that's I was going to say. There's two gatekeepers, and uh, it's only two. Uh, there's me and any reporter, right? So hopefully, I'm doing my job. And I've you know thought it through, and I'm I, right. I I believe in this story, and I back it up. You know, I've done all my due diligence, yeah. and you know, at any given point, Anthony could ask me for X, Y, and Z, and I could hand it to him. Right? It needs to all be you know, if he asks for like you know what my research, you know, I'll send him the PDF. Sometimes I have for stories that are really intense. You know, I've sent him like here's what I have. You know, he wants to see it, but then he's the second gatekeeper. So you're right. So then after he's the last one. So after you know, he has to look at a story. Um, and his job actually is not just to trust that I've done everything. Yeah. He, he has to take, verify. Correct. Yeah. He, and I, I respect that. And, uh, you know, sometimes he'll come back and he'll have, you know, real strong questions. And I, res- again, I respect that because he's doing his job. He's mm-hmm. not getting lazy and saying, well, Eddie hasn't gotten a suit in 10 years. We're probably good for another 10 years. I mean, I make mistakes, you know, yeah. people make mistakes. Yeah. And so, yeah, his job is to just be really careful and uh, it's not an easy job because that's probably the bigger danger for the any newspaper, I should say. Uh, you know, even beyond advertising, is um, you know avoiding a, a lawsuit that would be successful. Yeah. So, but 100%. that's the game. You know, that's the game that we're in. So sounds dicey. But you guys know what you're doing. You're professionals. People can find you on Instagram at downtown Edward Brown. Correct? Yeah. Uh, is there another? There's a police crotch. 
<laughs> just uh, just right there. Just an, just let me, your, let me just, see. Is that the, the whole thumbnail, or is, a, did I do that? Just the pl- another please yep, crotch. That's the, the whole thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look into that. It's um, a good story. How about other social media sites? She said y'all are kind of branching into TikTok. Do you have a TikTok account? I do not. Yeah, that's, stay off I've of really, it. Yeah. <laughs> I really. It's a dumpster fire. It's a rabbit hole I've heard, right? It's it's, Dude, it's incredibly addictive. The and- first time I, I opened it up, my girlfriend had it on her phone, and she, I was like, what is that? She said, TikTok. I had already decided mm-hmm. I was not getting a TikTok, mm-hmm. but I ended up looking at what she was looking at because she was looking at cute dogs and I think like ocean stuff like dolphins and whales, and we were just scrolling through it. And I mean, just one after yeah. another. And we looked up, and we'd been sitting on the couch yeah. for like an hour and a half. It's learning. It was crazy. It's learning about you as you do that, it, and it's it getting does. better and better, just holding you there. I mean, f- Facebook yeah. and Instagram aside, mm. TikTok has got an algorithm that figures you yeah. out so fast. I think so. It's ridiculous. I agree. It's unbelievable. I like Instagram. So um, our outlets again, our our website fwweekly.com uh, has all everything that you'll find in print. It's on our website, plus some stuff that maybe won't be in print, you know, for space reasons. Um, I would encourage folks to v- uh, follow our Instagram page. I appreciate you plugging us. Sorry, my Instagram page, but I think the weekly we reach a lot of people um, through Instagram. And you these guys days. are extremely active too. I see you commenting and liking on different posts, and you're engaged with the community through your social media, I which say, I think is awesome. Thank you, and I, I would say that's our Instagram seems to be our our, our most successful outlet for uh, following people, and it's yeah. and so we. We try to do our best to give at least a good summary of what you're going to find in our newspaper on Instagram. Now, it's mm-hmm. going to be a shorter 2,200 characters. We all know that. You know, yeah. it's it's yeah. not it's it's a shorter version of the story. But if we can reach people and at least give them a summary of what we're doing, right. that's better than nothing. Yeah. And so we we take that seriously and we and we try to you know keep that updated. You know, people get a, a good. Um, you know, sense of you know what we're doing with our yeah. newspaper. Well, I'll make sure that all that's in the show notes. I'm also going to include uh, episode 113 with the Funky Panther podcast, ladies and gentlemen. If you have not checked that out, these are friends of ours that also had Edward on not too long ago. And the title of 113 is Corrupt Judges of Tarrant County. And I got to thank Edward for being so respectful. Whenever we were talking about putting yeah. this interview together, I'd said, well, we really don't do anything political. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we, so we, held back. we nipped that in the bud right off the bat because I had heard episode 113 and uh, <laughs> I didn't want to do a revisit of what the Funky Panther did, but you were very thorough in that episode. Uh, you brought to light something I didn't know was a problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would encourage people to go check that out. Again, that's the Funky Panther podcast, episode 113, Corrupt Judges of Tarrant County with Edward Brown. Excellent episode. So, and is there anything else you'd like the audience to know about Edward Brown before we get out of here? Oh, I'm not here to plug <laughs> myself, but um, I really, you know, I think I would just close by saying, you know, the the, the work journalists do is um, it's very it's very difficult, and I until someone does it, you know, working on a cover story, it, it's work. Oh, yeah. You know, um, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of interviews that you'll never use. It's a lot of uh, transcribing. It's a lot of you know research. You know, waiting on open records requests. Um, just trying to you know think over a story to make sure you're not missing anything or you're not being you know uh, misstating anything. Um, and it's you know shout out to all my you know fellow reporters out there uh, doing the work because it's and we get you know flack you know for what we do often From but every it's, direction you know, I'm sure at the very least you know whether you you like what we do or not you know understand that it is work and it is grueling and uh, we we do it proudly yeah. you know so well and the 
the simple truth is you guys are connecting our community and that makes Fort Worth a better place. So all feelings aside on any other issue, you guys are doing good work and I appreciate it. Uh, so thank, thank you very you. much. Yeah, thank you. All right, Fort Worth Roots. Uh, in the show notes, you can find all those links we were talking about for Fort Worth Weekly, for Edward Brown, and for the Funky Panther Podcast, Episode 113, and anything else I can think to cram in there. So check that out. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. That One more good. time, good Edward, me. thanks for being here, man. A pleasure, and Fort Worth Roots, we'll see you next week. Big shout out to our new friend Edward Brown, award-winning staff writer for the Fort Worth Weekly. Excellent episode, and I gotta say, I appreciate this guy for coming on the show and, and respecting our, our hard line in the sand that we're gonna stay away from political topics. He wanted to talk about a certain thing, um, and I told him that we didn't want to do that on the Fort Worth Roots uh, podcast, and he still came on the show. A great guy, and I really appreciate that. So I do want to direct your attention to my friends over at the Funky Panther. They did a, they did an episode with Edward. It's episode 113. It's titled Corrupt Judges of Tarrant County with Edward Brown of Fort Worth Weekly. And this is his passion. This is his mission. Um, I really want you to hear this story. It just didn't really have a place on the Fort Worth Roots podcast. And Edward, I appreciate you respecting that so much. So do us a favor. Go check that out. You like podcasts. You like Fort Worth podcasts. If you haven't listened to the Funky Panther podcast yet, you're missing out anyway. Uh, again, that's episode 113. I'll make sure that's in the show notes for you. Okay. FortWorthWeekly.com. It's FWWeekly.com online. Fort Worth Weekly on Instagram and YouTube. And then be careful of the tricksters on the Tiki Talk. On TikTok, it is Fort underscore Worth underscore Weekly. Um, I found some erroneous accounts on tiktok trying to say they were fort worth weekly didn't look right so anyway this looks to be the right account i'm going to put that in the show notes that's fort underscore worth excuse me jesus fort underscore worth underscore weekly on tiktok in the show notes okay no big deal um and then if you want to follow edward himself it is downtown edward brown on instagram and uh, the video series he does where he highlights businesses around fort worth is really exceptional um we talked about a little bit uh during this episode with him and joe tacky at cloudland studios that was a great episode and um He's done a lot more, a lot more with uh, local businesses around town. And shout out to the Fort Worth Weekly uh, crew. These guys are out there really trying to promote local businesses and uh, strengthen our community by sharing local music and local art and events and things like that. And um, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know what you think about the old Fort Worth Weekly, but I, I would like to point out that these guys are um, probably the most I, I feel like the most substantial publication in our city that's kind of uh, everybody knows what it is and where it, where to get a copy and um, I don't know pound for pound they're doing a lot of good so shout out to you guys thank you for the hard work that you put into that paper and uh, you've, you've got a listener here uh, so keep doing your thing love it alright let's get on to the sponsors woodpostmetalworks.com Go to woodpostmetalworks.com and use offer code PODCAST817. They specialize in metal signs with or without LED backlighting, fence and gate repair or installation, light steel fabrication, industrial plasma cutting, and more. Again, that is woodpostmetalworks.com. And shout out to the folks over there at Woodpost Metalworks. I, I've got some, some stuff to talk to you about. So let's uh, come on. 
be on the show. Hauk Walker Originals. You can go to HaukWalker.com. They offer a huge variety of unique and personalized gifts. Also, laser engraving to customize just about anything you can think of. Before you go making custom swag for your business or your side gig um, on some website where the money is going to go out of town, why don't you consider shopping with somebody that's going to bend over backwards to make sure that your product comes out right and uh, is uh, doing everything they can to make their customers happy. And uh, they support a local podcast. (laughs) Check them out. HaukWalker.com. Keep Fort Worth dollars in Fort Worth pockets. Roofing Solutions by Darren Hauk. RoofingSolutionsHauk.com is where you can get their information. 817-692-8496. We had a little hellstorm roll through here. I didn't believe it because I didn't see it. Uh, but I have since seen some uh, photographic evidence of little hailstones that uh, assaulted us during the night. Uh, there was also a crazy windstorm. I saw semi trucks flipped over, uh, signs twisted around, all sorts of damage from this wind. In fact, the place of employment where I uh, receive a paycheck, we lost six transformers. There were three power line uh, poles down. It was it was destructive. So anyway, if you have any inkling of an idea that you might have some damage on your roof give my friends over at roofing solutions by darren Hauk a call 817-692-8496 and this would be the best time to take advantage of the offer that they gave us i don't know eight nine months ago ten months ago talking about the uh roofing tune-up you guys fort worth roots podcast listeners all you gotta do is say the name of the podcast you might even be able to just call them and be like, oh, I heard about you on the podcast, and they'll give you the discount. But it's a 50% discount. You get half off uh, a roofing tune-up. And basically, this is uh, an excuse for them to get on your roof, check everything out, make sure you're good. And then also, during these hot Texas summers, uh, all of the caulking that goes around vent covers and pipe jacks and all the stuff that sticks out of your roof, that caulking that goes around it, it gets weathered, dried out, flakes off, and now you've got uh, a point of entry for moisture or water, rain. So anyway, this covers that. They'll get up there, they'll fix it all up. And if they get up there and there's more damage than the uh, $250 is going to cover, they'll stop everything. They'll take some pictures. They'll come down and say, look, we're not going to charge you anything, but we can't do it for the 250 because you've got this kind of damage. Do you want us to come up with a quote for that? And then we'll move forward. Anyway, all I'm trying to tell you is they're not going to try to rake you over the coals. They're not going to get up there and be like, oh, well, we fixed this, 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 and this. And now you owe us uh, the house, basically. We own the house now. It's not how it works. These are good folks. And they're my friends now. They're not just sponsors. I love the, the Hauk family. They're good to me. Roofing Solutions by Darren Hauk, RoofingSolutionsHauk.com, 817-692-8496, and you get a 50% off discount on a roofing tune-up. That's for all you peoples over here in the greater Fort Worth area, and then and then some. So it actually extends pretty far out, but give them a call, 817-692-8496. Okay. And then you guys know about our friends at Pouring Glory. Did you hear about this? We got a new sponsor. I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, we've been pretty excited about old Pouring Glory for a while because it's my spot. I just like going there forever. And we've done events there. Uh, well, I've done one event there. And then they have invited us to some of their events. So we've been working together. We've been doing stuff. And uh, just recently, 
Scott was like, what's it going to take to be a sponsor of the show? I was like, bro, you just say the word. All right. Pouring Glory is your destination for eats, beers, and good company. We're all, and that's true. There's a lot of cool people. I always, when I sit down there, I'm usually alone. Um, and there's always somebody there to hang out with and talk stuff. Uh, good company. We're always genuinely happy to see you, whether you're grabbing a quick lunch or planning a corporate meeting that's more fun than usual. We're located at the heart of Fort Worth, uh, exciting near Fort Worth's exciting near South Side, just blocks from Magnolia off of South Main Street. Award-winning tap wall. They do have a ton of uh, fresh taps. Most of them are fairly local. You know, some of them are Fort Worth, some of them are uh, the area, but all good stuff. And then some out-of-town stuff, too. Uh, plus, impossibly good food. I had, uh, what do they call that? The Juicy Lucy hamburgers uh, today. I was there today. And they take the uh, the hamburger patty and they in- inject it with uh, liquid cheese. It's delicious. Anyway, I think that's called the Juicy Lucy. Combine that with a relaxed atmosphere and you've got the making of a new adventure or an old haunt. Go check this place out. They're my friends. They're good people. And none of that matters to you, but they have great, uh, great beer. What, what's the difference, right? What's the difference between a place with not great beer and a place with great beer? Well, it's how they clean their taps. And it's how fresh the beer is. And it's how cold the beer is. And uh, they keep their lines clean. They've got cold beer. And uh, it's all fresh. So that's, uh, that's why it's good. <laughs> That's the difference. I keep saying they've got good beer, but they do. Yeah, you go to a place, I, I won't mention names, but you go to one of these uh, uh, nationwide chains, you know, that have beer. And sometimes you taste your beer and you're like, I don't know, that tastes a little off. It's because their lines are dirty, bro. That's what that's about. Um, and then, you know, of course, if it's hot, you know that immediately. But okay, but not pouring glory. They've got great stuff, great, great beer on tap. And their food is incredible. If you don't drink a lot of beer, like, you know, you probably shouldn't drink a lot of beer. You've been on that diet for a while. Uh, But the food, you're going to have to eat. Try this place out. Try their food. Try their burgers. Try their wings. I really like their chicken wings. I get the lemon pepper. Actually, I had Scott tell me the other day, he's like, you know, the only reason I keep the lemon pepper chicken wings on the menu is for you. I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. Keep them coming. Good deal. All right. That's all the sponsors. Shout out to the sponsors. Thank you very much for taking care of the Fort Worth Roots podcast. Uh, just just the fact that we have these sponsors means that we're going to be able to do bigger and better things all the time. We're growing. Things are happening. We're talking to folks. I keep telling you about this music series, but I don't have any details yet. But we're getting there. Um, events. All right. Let's talk about April 7th out at Lola's for the Psychedelic Panther. Our buddy Joe Guzman. We've done at least two episodes with him. Maybe more can't remember offhand but uh i'm always talking to him joe guzman's good people uh psychedelic panther is uh uh, they kind of bring in a a new genre of music it's not new to the area it's new to a festival like all of these good psychedelic bands in one spot some of them are from denton a lot of them are from fort worth got some from dallas but just kind of all over the place and then Apuk the Destroyer with Matt Broyles and his homies. Uh, I can't remember the country. And shame on me because the guy has literally been on the show. But fr- from another country, this guy is flying in. Uh, and I don't know the details. I could be wrong on this. But Apuk the Destroyer is a multi-nation 
uh, ban. Like, they don't all live here, but they're all coming here if it's like last year. And that's one of the big draws. We get a national audience at this thing, uh, Psychedelic Panther. As far as I know, I think two or three days ago, I saw an ad uh, by Joe Guzman saying they're still looking for vendors for this event. So if you want to come to this badass festival, uh, go to Psychedelic Panther on Facebook. There'll be a link for the website, and you can get more information, all that good stuff. But we'd love to see you there. Even if you're not going to be a, uh, whatchamacall, vendor, it's going to be a good time. And Fort Worth Roots will be there, posted up, doing recordings, just uh, taking pictures and covering the event, just like we will April 22nd at uh, the River Oak Spring Fest Car Show. Yes, sir. We'll be there. Last year, there were over 10,000 people in attendance. We've adjusted that number. We've done some more math and found that there are uh, confirmed numbers, 10,000 people last year. We had uh, 330 classic cars, I believe, uh, 88 vendors, and uh, there were supposed to be five food trucks. I think only two showed up, but they'll definitely be there this year. Last year, we didn't know what was going on, how many people were going to show up, whatnot, but now we've got solid analytics that people can look at and go, okay, I'll bring my food truck. Uh, but it, And even the food trucks that did show up, they knew that other food trucks would be there and they weren't sure, sure about the numbers. So I don't know that they were fully loaded either. Like people were kind of, I don't, I don't want to say phoning it in or being haphazard with the whole thing, but I think everybody was operating with a little bit of a, uh, under a note of caution because they just didn't know what to expect with this event. But it was amazing. It's going to be held out here at YMCA Camp Carter in, uh, River Oaks area and it's going to be a great fun time. If you haven't seen this place uh, it sits on 300 plus acres it's going to be kayaking, zip lining um, horseback riding, all sorts of crazy stuff and the classic cars and the vendors and the Fort Worth Roots podcast will be set up it's going to be live music so anyway put that on your calendar for sure April 22nd River Oaks Spring Fest car show and then we are actually whisper whisper nothing finalized yet there may very well be an event coming up at pouring glory uh to celebrate the 420 so uh keep your ear to the ground uh, for that one wouldn't that be a funny sight hey what are you doing bob why are you laying on the ground i got my ear to the ground i'm trying to find out when uh, the 420 thing is oh that's silly bob 420 is on a thursday this year and then bob just looks silly Silly old Bob. Okay, that's it. We got sponsors and events out of the way. Of course, you know, I think I've mentioned this a couple times, September, sometime in September. Last year we did it September 13th. It was on a Saturday. It will probably be on a Saturday this year too. I don't know why we would change that, but Fort Worth Roots will be doing an annual event. And last year it was our 100th episode celebration. Uh, but we're going to keep it going. I don't... <laughs> Maybe that's what we call it. Maybe it's like the 158th episode party. I don't know. That would be, that'd work. Sure. Uh, but there's a lot more details behind that. So I'm working on it. I hope you guys are having a wonderful Monday. And uh, I'm going to release an episode for you again this week. You're going to be getting a minimum of two episodes every week until I clear this backlog. I know I've said stuff like that in the past. Uh, we did put out two episodes last week. Um, I'm going to put out two episodes this week, and we're just going to keep going. 
hit it as hard as we can because we were just we're doing so many recordings i've got so many people reaching out to me wanting to be on the show and that's not a a, a pat on the back it's just trying to convey to you the situation and if you've been on the show and your episode hasn't aired yet i'm working on it i promise <laughs> so okay all right and shout out to uh dr bethany malone i was out there at a funky picnic today i didn't stay for the whole thing but i was there for quite a while did some trivia had some excellent chili uh it's it's a fun little place that uh, funky funky picnic but and they do trivia on the regular so if you're into that kind of thing that's your place they got a really cool dude uh that does the trivia for him or whatever he's a educator and just a nice guy i sat there and i talked to him for probably an hour and then turned out he was the guy calling the trivia i was like oh okay sitting next to a celebrity i didn't even know it um but it was a good event and the uh colon cancer cook-off after talking to dr malone today is uh, intended to be a annual event so it's, it's fun times. It's a charity thing. The money goes to um, an organization that filters that money back into Fort Worth directly. And uh, Bethany wants to make sure we do this on a regular basis uh, to help spread awareness, but also raise funds uh, for that organization that is helping Fort Worth residents directly. So, okie dokie, that's it. And I am going to start cranking out the next episode. So I'll see you later this week. Have a wonderful Monday, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.